Hello and happy Wednesday or whatever day it is for you. We have a really, really good episode for you today and one of our favorite things to do on this podcast is provide our listeners with the information they need to make informed decisions as a consumer of food. We'll be talking about meat sourcing specifically today, but honestly, regardless of if you're plant-based or you do consume meat, the sourcing of your food matters. It is one of the main things that you have control over when it comes to your health. And on Wellness Digest, we believe this should be basic knowledge and education, even though unfortunately it's not commonly talked about. But knowledge is truly power, so without further ado, here it is. What's up? Welcome back to Wellness Digest. We are back on the mic for another episode. And today's topic is a juicy one, a little bit spicy, sometimes a little bit controversial. I feel like this is a topic that people get really fired up about. And honestly, I'm one of those people. And I'm really excited to talk about this because I feel like there are just so many questions about meat. Is it bad for the environment? Is plant-based eating the solution to climate change? Is plant-based better for you from a health perspective? What's the deal here? So we're going to get into all of that today and kind of share our perspective. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. Like you said, I think this is a hot button for people. It's like a political opinion. You're either so for meat or people are like plant-based till I die. And I feel like a lot of people, not judging, but formulate these opinions without the knowledge of like, what is happening? Why is some meat bad for the environment? How can meat be good for the environment? So our goal of this episode and Tatum specifically is going to be teaching us this episode is to give you the facts on meat, how it is, and then you can make an informed decision on what you want to do from there on out. So let's get into it. Yes. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said people just seem very misinformed. And honestly, they're not to blame for that. I feel like there's not enough education around this topic. I see so many things on social media that are just so outlandish and out there that I'm like, where the hell did you get that information from? And it's just, there's so many different perspectives out there. And obviously this is our opinion. So there's that, but um, this is also based on what I have learned through my own personal research. And I am definitely a backed by scientific evidence type of person. Um, I like to see, I like to see the facts. So while this is also my personal, my personal perspective, um, there, there are also some facts involved here. So hopefully this will kind of clear up some of the confusion and misconceptions because there's just a lot of misinformation out there. So First things first, if you follow me on Instagram, you saw that I did a little poll for this episode. I was just really curious about kind of where people stand on the meat subject right now. And I felt like my personal Instagram was kind of a good place to do that versus Wellness Digest because we obviously have a very specific following for this podcast, but my personal Instagram is like a very wide mix of people. And so I was like, it'll be interesting to see just kind of where people are at. So from that poll, What I got was 90% of people said that they do eat meat. Um, Of the 10% who don't, most actually said that it's because they just don't feel good when they do eat it. And I can totally understand that. There are foods that I eat that don't make me feel great. And we are all about intuitive eating on this podcast, eating a diet that just feels really good to you and being in tune with your body and knowing what makes you feel great, what doesn't. But as I was thinking about that, I was like, I wonder why... 
I wonder why meat could possibly be a trigger for some people or just animal products in general. And so Liv, I actually wanted to ask you, I was thinking while you're saying all this, <laughs> do you have any take on this? Like, why could that be, maybe be kind of a trigger for some people? That's so interesting that this is getting brought up because I made this TikTok that talked about beef liver capsules and somebody commented and was like, do these make your stomach hurt? Like meat makes your stomach hurt. Mm. I was like, wait, 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 that's not, that shouldn't be normalized for people to think that meat makes their stomach hurt. The first thing that I think of is a digestive problem, hydrochloric acid, your liver not working right. Because we talked about in the digestive episode, if you don't have the good enzymes and things to break down your meat, obviously it's not going to feel good and it's not going to get absorbed. So I think digestive issues root cause because technically in an ideal world where we're all healthy, nourished, our bodies are working for us, there shouldn't be foods that just make you feel like Mm -hmm. absolute crap. So that's super interesting. Yeah. And that doesn't just apply to me. Like I've said, any food, like if your body is functioning properly, you should be able to digest most natural things. Um, because as humans, we have evolved, we started out as hunters and gatherers. Meat was a part of our diet. Our bodies were actually designed to eat, to be omnivores, to eat both meat and plants. And so as our society has become, we, we eat more of the standard American diet. We eat more processed foods. Obviously our gut function is diminished. And so that is why we are not able to process and digest things that we normally, that our ancestors would have been able to process. So as I saw people answering that, and because that was the most popular answer for why people switch to a plant-based diet, I was just like, Hmm, I wonder what, why that could be. And that's not like any, any shade towards you that like meat gives you digestive issues. There are things that I can't eat because they really upset my digestion. So totally get it. But, um, just kind of a, some food for thought there, there might be something else, a deeper issue going on, um, as to why you wouldn't be able to digest animal products. And then the next most popular answer was to be more environmentally friendly, which we'll dive into much more in a bit. And then some said for animal welfare, and I wanted to kind of briefly chat about the moral aspect here, because this is something that actually I myself kind of struggle with every once in a while. I feel like there's just not really a counter argument, honestly, to, to the moral aspect of eating meat, because I wouldn't like kill my dog and eat my dog. Like, so why, why is it okay to eat another animal? I totally can say that that sometimes, like I think about that. I wonder why that's morally okay for, for our society to do. So that one, not going to lie, does trip me up sometimes. Yeah, I agree that that one that that one is the one to me and not that any of the other answers aren't valid, but that one is the one to me when somebody says that, and it's not those reasons. I'm like, I totally get it. Like I respect it. People are different, especially if you're raised like in a different type of family. Like I know Tatum, you were raised with a mom who was plant-based, who was those things. So that's so much more normal for you. But coming from me, I come from a family that like hunts that always eats meat. Meat is a huge part of our diet. So it's just interesting. Like family to family, culturally, like how we think of meat. Um, so I totally agree. That is an absolutely acceptable and understandable answer to why someone would not want to consume animal products. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good point about like it just being kind of different, how you were raised. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Like Liv said, my mom was plant-based, like 
my whole life growing up. And she literally stopped. She decided to stop eating meat when she was like seven years old. And it was literally just because like her parents served her lamb. And when she was at the table and she was like, what is this? Like asking questions about what kind of meat it was. And when they said lamb, the connection of like, wait, you mean like a cute little, like fluffy little lamb. That is what's on my plate right now. Absolutely not. And she was done from then on. She was like, I can't do it. Um, as a seven-year-old. So for some people that is just, I don't know, some people are more okay with kind of like a circle of life. Like you, you kill, you get killed, like all of that kind of, it's the circle of life. And then for, for others, it's just a little bit more disturbing. I totally get that. There are days when I, when I think that way as well. So I just wanted to briefly mention that one, honestly, not that many people answered. That was the least, um, frequent response. Um, and like I said, environmentally friendly was number two. So we'll get into that later. Um, and then for those who do eat meat, most people said that they care about sourcing, which yay. So proud of you. Um, some said only if it's affordable, totally get that as well, because I understand that grass-fed pasture raised meats are more expensive. That is the reality of the situation. And I get that you can't always financially afford every single thing that is good for your health. So totally get that. We're going to give you some tips at the end, um, for how to kind of navigate that one. There was also a good chunk of you that said, no, you don't care about your meat sourcing. And I know on my stories, I said, no judgment. <laughs> but I'm, I'm judging. so, so sorry. I'm a little bit scared. I'm a little, just a tad bit scared of that answer. And not just because it's meat, but like any food, any food you eat, you should care about where it comes from. <laughs> yeah. If you don't care where your meat is coming from, you don't care where your other things are coming from. Yeah. And that to me screams like, do you care about your health and your body? Because well, that's very important. I get, I get not having, I get not being educated on the subject, not having access to the information yeah. to understand where your food comes from. And that mm -hmm. is what we are here for right now to serve up that information to you. But I just feel like your food, the food that you are putting into your body, the quality of it is going to determine the quality of your health. And so if you care about health, if you care about longevity, if you want to live a happy, healthy life, you need to care about where your food is coming from meat, vegetable, fruit, grain, regardless, no matter what it is. Yep. Bottom line. Agreed. Okay. We're going to go over a, just a few of the label definitions. Again, for meat, we talked about this in our food labels episode in season one, but I just wanted to give you a quick overview of some definitions just to kind of explain what these, what these terms mean. So the first one is grass fed or grass finished. So there's a difference between those two terms. Grass finished means that the animal ate nothing but grass and forage for its entire life. So forage can be like, Hey, any, anything from the grass family. Grass-fed means that the animal was started on a grass-based diet, but they might've been supplemented with grain at some point in their life or even finished on a fully grain diet. So the difference there is just that grass-finished means that is all the animal ate, whereas grass-fed means there could have been some other things mixed in there. So if you're thinking about that and you're like, okay, that seems pretty straightforward, like and pretty logical cows eat grass, right? Like what the hell else would a cow be eating? Grass is obviously what animals have naturally evolved to eat, but there are alternatives. There are some other things that your cow that you're consuming might be eating. And usually that is corn, soy, or some type of grain. And that would be more of the conventional approach to meat 
animal farming um, is to feed them corn, soy, or another type of grain instead of grass. So that's kind of, that's what grass fed means. And that's kind of why that is a label in the first place. Because for me, I'm like, okay, shouldn't a cow be eating grass anyway? But unfortunately that is not always the case. It seems logical, but we have come to find out that most things, um, there is no logic in <laughs> use logic in the food system. Yeah. Unfortunately it seems to be that way. And then the second one is pasture raised. So the reason why this is a different term is that grass fed doesn't always guarantee that the animal has time outdoors. So they can technically be fed grass or hay, like inside a barn or something like that. But pasture raised is different because it requires access to outdoors. And that means that most of the animal's diet came from grazing outside on the pasture, eating grass right off the ground. And it's usually like six to eight hours of pasture time per day. So to summarize grass-fed beef, great, good, awesome option. Pasture raised is even better. Okay. So now let's get into, into the juicy stuff. I'm going to start with the environmental argument. Um, a lot of people answered that they switched to a plant-based diet to be more environmentally friendly. And I hear this a lot. I feel like this is actually a very, very common reason why people switch to a plant-based diet and I see this actually all over social media a lot too. Um, plant-based is better for the environment. Plant ma- plant-based is going to be the solution to climate change. We need to stop eating meat altogether. And so I wanted to kind of explain where that argument came from. And Liv, tell me if this is like something that you feel like is pretty common. Um, people always talk about how cows produce methane. Like methane is like the thing that they say like, Oh, well, cows, cows produce methane. Methane is a greenhouse gas. So too many cows, too much methane, increased greenhouse gas emissions, global warming, all that stuff. Do you feel like that's like kind of the basis of like, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I kind of wanted to explain like, what is methane? Why do people think it's harmful? Um, what's the deal there? So the top two greenhouse gases, the two things that are contributing the most to global warming are CO2 and methane. The difference between those two um, is that methane stays in the atmosphere for 10 years, whereas CO2 stays for like 100 years. So CO2 stays in the atmosphere for way longer. But the issue with methane and why people get so upset about cows producing methane is that it has a hundred times the warming effect compared to CO2. So even though it's like out of the atmosphere faster, the short time, the 10 years that it is in the atmosphere, it can warm the atmosphere of the earth 100 times faster. So that's kind of where this all came from, why people were so upset about cows, about meat consumption, that kind of thing. And I just want to take it, take it back a few steps because in an, in an ideal natural situation, plants are supposed to recycle both CO2 and methane. That is part of the life cycle. Animals, when they fart or when they burp, they release methane humans. We breathe out CO2. Um, so living beings on the planet release CO2 and they release methane and the job of plants is to recycle CO2 and methane. That's what they use. That's what they absorb. But this is not happening in farming situations where there are no plants on the ground. So just think about like, like live where we went to college, you drive like five hours across the state of Washington and you pass a few feedlots, a few 
dairy operations here and there. Yes. And I remember thinking to myself, if these are the cows I'm eating, I am literally frightened because they seem like they have a sad non-green life. Non-green. Yes, exactly. What you see when you drive by all of those cows, you see dirt, you see bare dirt, mud, cows standing in brown dirt, (laughs) which is not a natural situation. I know that we have been trained to think that that is natural because that is what the like textbook picture of a beef or dairy operation looks like. There should be plants on the ground. And that is, that is where things go wrong. Um, That is where there's a difference between conventional meat and grass-fed pasture-raised meat. Because in a situation where there are plants on the ground, the plants can actually recycle that CO2 and that methane. And so it's not hanging around in the atmosphere. It's not staying there and warming up the earth. It's actually getting recycled back into the plants. But again, if there are no plants on the ground, that is not happening. And so that is why kind of conventional factory farmed meat is getting such a bad, a bad rep over climate change and global warming, and rightfully so, because that is that is what is happening. So the environmental argument is totally valid, but my point here is that it's not necessarily the cows that are creating this problem. It is the how. It is not the cow. It is the how. I love that saying. Did I, did I explain that well? Do you have questions? Because I feel like maybe that got a little sciencey for a minute. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think like just literally picture what you think a where you normally see like cows live, the meat you're eating. I literally think of the barren land. And if there's barren land and no plants, of course, there's going to be too much methane and CO2 because the plants cannot absorb it. But in the alternative, which is why Tatum and I both are advocates of good farming practices and eating good sourced meat, the cows are in a luscious green planty environment. So when they have methane come out of them, is that even saying it right? I don't know. <laughs> it's getting absorbed by the plants. Yes. Need yes. plants. So, need yes. plants. You need plants. There should be, there should be both plants and animals. That is why, and this is, this even goes for, um, just operations that have only plants. Like you see like cornfields, like all corn, all wheat, like the whole, the same thing. This is, it's the same. That is not a natural situation. In a natural situation, you need both plants and animals to be in the same space working together for earth and the environment to operate as it's supposed to. And so the problem is not necessarily that we are raising cows for meat. The problem is that we as humans have created a system that is unnatural. We're doing it in an unnatural way. And so of course the earth is like WTF, what is happening? and freaking out and hello, global warming, hello, climate change. Yeah. Something that I'm thinking of on the climate change environmental argument is people say, okay, I'm going to stop eating meat, stop supporting these things. So this doesn't happen, but what is that doing with the current CO2 and the methane that is in our environment? Don't we need to support the good practices in order to sequester it? Yes, we do. Good word, girl. (laughs) I watched Kiss the Ground. (laughs) Carbon sequestration. And again, again, if you have not watched Kiss the Ground, go watch it. It will change your perspective on this entire topic. I don't care if you already eat meat. I don't care if you are plant-based. Wherever you are at in 
meat consumption, what you think about it, go watch this documentary because it will teach you so many things and it will give you such a different perspective of this whole situation and how everything is supposed to work together in nature. And yes, that is why, that is why I choose to purchase grass-fed and pasture-raised meats if I'm going to eat them, which I don't always consume meat with every meal, but if I'm going to consume meat, that is the type of meat I'm going to buy. And this documentary really sealed the deal for me when it came to that. I was like, okay, this is really important because we talk about how meat can be harmful for the environment, raising animals. If you're doing it in a way that is not conscious of the resources that you are using of the unnatural practices that you are using, then yes, meat can be harmful for the environment. And that's why this whole argument started. But on the other hand, when you have grass-fed and pasture-raised meats, the reason why farmers are doing it that way is because it's actually it actually has the potential to reverse climate change and undo some of the bad damage that we have done. And that's what Liv said about sequestering carbon. It's called carbon sequestration. Basically, the way that that works is, like I said, when you have plants on the ground, like you're supposed to, those plants will absorb the CO2 from the atmosphere and store it inside their plant bodies, in their leaves, their stems, their roots. And as their roots grow deeper down into the soil, that carbon gets stored deeper into the soil as well. And then when animals graze on those plants, so a cow's trucking along, eating the grass, eating the plants, um, those roots start to shorten and decompose and they release all of that carbon into the soil as organic matter, which not only improves the health of the soil, but it also stores that carbon from the atmosphere into the soil. So it's literally drawing carbon out of the air and putting it into the soil where it actually belongs. So it's decreasing CO2 emissions, decreasing methane emissions when there are plants on the ground able to absorb all of that and store it in the soil. So it's, it's reversing that harmful process. And that is why I personally choose to eat pasture-raised meats, eat grass-fed meats when I'm going to eat meat. So just to give you some numbers on this, what I mean as far as like emissions and how your meat is impacting the environment, I found some numbers. And if you think about like the worst, the worst scenario of beef production, so like factory farmed, that emits 105 kilograms of emissions per 100 grams of protein. The best beef, so let's just say it has all three, organic, grass-fed, and pasture-raised, that's nine kilograms of emissions per 100 grams of protein. So if you see the difference between one practice being 105 kilograms of emissions, you can actually bring that down to nine kilograms of emissions when the beef is being raised in a natural situation that is conscious of the environment. And then if you're looking at like a plant, based protein source like tofu or legumes, those come in at an average of four kilograms of emission. So the best beef actually gets pretty darn close to that nine compared to four. Yeah. So I feel the numbers, the data does not lie. The environmental argument I feel like is, is sealed. It's sealed. Yeah. And it's, like I said, it's totally valid because there are, there are farming situations that do contribute to the problem, but there are also some that are working to reverse climate change and make an impact in that way. So it really all is, it's all about the sourcing. It's all about where you're getting your meat from, what practices they are using. And you can actually do your part by 
by caring about the sourcing of your meat. If you're someone who is eating meat, that should be something that you care about. And right now we have so many more conventionally raised beef, livestock, those type of things. So we have to shift and support the pasture raised, the organic, the grass fed, grass finished, all of that in order for those to take over and be more prominent. But I totally get this argument because right now so much is conventional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that is the majority right now. And so that is why we always talk about like voting with your dollar. The more that you, the more that you purchase and you demand as a consumer that you want more of that grass fed beef, that pasture raised beef. And I keep saying beef because I feel like cows are the ones, that, <laughs> but by purchasing that you are saying, I want more of this. We need more farmers who are doing this. And, um, yeah, your dollar is going to go, going to go towards that cause. And the more people who start buying it, the more we will start shifting to that type of, of farming practice. So that is the environmental argument. The next one is the health argument. I feel like this is a big one as well, because a lot of people say eating plant-based is better for your body, better for your health. Um, and so we're going to talk about that. <laughs> First of all, I think I personally believe that it is true that we as a population should be consuming less meat. I don't think that meat should be our main course. I think that we should be eating mostly plants anyway for optimal health. Would you agree, Liv? Yes, I think that plants should be the primary source of our diet, but I think a lot of things that people don't know, and this is why I preach on taking liver capsules, is that when your meat is sourced correctly, meat is like one of the most nutrient dense things that you can eat to support your body because of all the vitamins in it. Yes, plants are great. They have antioxidants, whatever. But like if I am surviving out in somewhere, I don't know, a random ass place, I would choose my liver capsules. I would choose meat because that is so nutrient dense for your body. But again, it comes back to the sourcing, like we are talking about good source meat can absolutely be healthy for you, but yes, we should eat way more plants. We eat literally conventional beef for every single meal as a society in the standard American diet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you're like, like, let's just say like your typical week of eating, do you eat meal? Do you eat meat with every meal? Or do you like try to do like one day of like a plant-based meal? Mm, I'm going to be completely honest. I probably eat meat. I eat meat at least twice a day. Um, but that includes like a variety. I'm not just eating beef and steak. I'm eating chicken. I'm eating fish. I'm eating whatever, but I would say that maybe once a day I have a plant-based meal and it's not even on purpose. It's just like how my meals end up, but I think I am. And I've always just grown up as somebody who consumes a lot of meat. Okay. And when, when you do eat meat, would you say that it like takes up the most space on your plate or do you have like more vegetables compared to meat? Way, way, way more vegetables. It does okay. not take up the most room on my plate. It's like a condiment, condiment meat. Yes, exactly. And that's kind of what I was getting at is I feel like standard American diet and just the way that we have been taught as Americans that we should be eating. It's like meat is usually when you go out to eat meat is like the biggest portion. That's like the biggest thing that they give you, but it really shouldn't be that way. You should, your plate should be mostly full of vegetables, fruits, grains, whatever, non-meat sources and meat should be like your side. Okay. With all that being said to reiterate, when you do consume meat, sourcing is key and sourcing is key. We just talked about how it's key for an environmental perspective, but it is also key from a health perspective. 
because meat, the protein is only as good and nutrient dense as what it ate. Again, animals do not naturally consume corn and soy. So if that's what we are feeding them, the animal's not going to digest it as well as grass or forage. And logically, just like our own bodies, it's going to cause issues with nutrient absorption and overall health, which also with pasture raised animals, they're usually free to eat anything from the ground, which includes a variety of different plants. And we also know that variety is key for health. If you think about your own diet, if you were to eat the exact same thing all day, every day, your health would be trash versus if you're getting a variety of nutrients, different sources of food, you're going to have better health overall. Another thing about the differences, or I guess kind of like the health benefits of eating grass-fed or pasture-raised meats, um, a lot of studies have shown that the omega-6 to omega-3 ratio is higher for conventional beef, which means conventional beef has more omega-6 fatty acids compared to omega-3s. And when that ratio is too high, Liv, correct me if I'm wrong, that is when you start to see things like cardiovascular disease, cancer, et cetera. But for grass-fed beef, the omega-3s are the ones that are higher, which are the ones that are good for anti-inflammatory properties. Yeah. When the ratio is off, basically that means inflammation. And we know that inflammation is a huge contributor to pretty much every disease, chronic illness, you name it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then grass-fed beef is also higher in vitamin A and vitamin E. I believe these have antioxidant properties too, right? Yes. Okay. Another thing is that stress hormones in your meat really do matter. You want to be eating ethically produced meat. You want to be eating meat that is grown in a way that provides the least stress possible to the animal because stress hormones matter. Like when you consume animal products that were raised in a very stressful, non-humane environment, that, that is what's going into your body. Yeah. And we have talked so much about emotions and stress and how they play into human health and human disease and chronic illness. So think about that in an animal situation. If your cow is unhappy in a small little caged area, not eating good food, not happy grazing, whatever the meat that they are producing, their bodies are not going to be healthy for you to eat. You want your cow to be just as happy, free and living it up. Just like you want yourself. to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. One more thing on the health situation. This is actually my favorite thing to talk about is plant-based meat alternatives. Are they really better for you? Because no. I know, I know some people who have switched to a plant-based diet might be eating plant-based meat because you probably miss eating actual meat. Maybe you just like the taste of plant-based meat alternatives. I don't know. I've never personally tried one, so I can't tell you if they taste good, but, um, I get why you would want to be eating them. I totally get that. Like you want the kind of feeling of being able to eat a burger, totally understandable, but let's talk about if they are actually better for you when it comes to your health. First of all, my beef with my beef, <laughs> my beef with plant-based meat alternatives. One, they are not a feasible solution to completely replace meat. And I say that because I think that plant-based meat alternatives are a very, um, what's the word, just like a very first world country kind of solution to climate change. Indeed. A lot of developing nations, first of all, can't afford to produce plant-based meat alternatives. Second of all, meat is a huge part of of their diets and has been for 
lots and lots of years, they're not going to switch over to plant-based meat alternatives. I feel like saying that the, this lab grown meat is going to be the solution to climate change is just, is just a very privileged perspective. So that's just a side note, but that is one reason why I, me and plant-based meat alternatives have an issue. The second is that they're not even really made from real whole foods. And it bothers me so much that they are marketed as plant-based meat alternatives, because when you actually read the ingredients, like half of the ingredients on the list were literally man-made in a lab that is not plant-based. Yeah. If you, if you think that eating beyond meat is better than eating a grass-fed pasture-raised burger, I absolutely completely disagree. And I think that people who think that need to do their research. I know that you're going to talk about ingredients that are in labels, but I just pulled up beyond beef's website, beyond mm-hmm. meat, sorry, beyond meat. Um, first of all, it's not even organic. It does say no soy, no gluten, no GMOs. So, okay, cool. But not organic. The ingredients, and I can't make this up. Water, pea protein, third ingredient, expeller pressed canola oil. (laughs) Canola oil. There is canola oil in Beyond Meat, which we Mm -hmm. know is so inflammatory. It causes and is a contributor to so many diseases and chronic illnesses. Eating this with a bunch of like lab made crap is not better for you than sourcing your meat correctly and eating meat. (laughs) The way that plant-based meat alternatives are being pushed so hard just really makes me think that it is just another market to make money. If you really think that they're going to save the planet, they, 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 that's a marketing tactic. They just want you to buy them. It's no different than any other marketing tactic, plant-based meat alternatives, that is a whole other niche market, another way to make money, a new idea. Don't be fooled by thinking that there's no profit in that, in that industry, because there absolutely is. And if we have not seen repeatedly and talked about these big companies don't care about us. They, they do not our health. They don't care about our well-being. They saw that people were worried about the environment and thought, you know what a freaking great idea is to make a plant-based burger. It's 100% marketing. They do not care about our health and our wellness. And I also don't even really think they care about the environment. I think they saw an opportunity Money. and they took it and ran with it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, here's an example. I'm going to read you the ingredients of the impossible burger, which is another plant-based meat burger. Um, I think it's the one that they serve at like Burger King now. Uh, it's one of the most popular ones. Okay. Water, soy protein concentrate, coconut oil, sunflower oil, natural flavors, potato protein, methyl cellulose, yeast extract, cultured dextrose, food starch modified, soy leg hemoglobin, salt, mixed tocopherols. If you are tired of me reading this ingredient list, maybe you should not be eating this. Soy protein isolate, zinc gluconate, thiamine hydrochloride, niacin, pyroxidine hydrochloride, and riboflavin. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So a couple things I want to talk about on that ingredient list, and I'm not just going to sit here and be like, oh, I couldn't even, I had trouble pronouncing half those things. So I'm not going to eat it. No, I'm actually going to tell you what some of these ingredients are used for. So you can really understand why this is such a problem. Methyl cellulose. Methyl cellulose is literally non-digestible. It is a non-digestible compound. It's not even something that our bodies can digest. It is literally used to treat constipation. 
it is not, we can't digest it. And that is why it's used to treat constipation because it literally, it's a laxative. It makes people poop. No, thank you. Dextrose. Dextrose has been backed by research linked to indigestion and gut issues. Yeast extract. Yeast extract has the same exact effect on our bodies as MSG, which triggers the neurons in your brains to literally trick you into thinking that something tastes better than it really does. Red flag, red flag. Soy. And a lot of plant-based burgers, I feel like use soy because soy is kind of like one of the biggest replacements for um, really anything that is like dairy-free or gluten-free, whatever. Um, But soy is taking a huge, huge, huge hit right now for deforestation. Soy is one of the agricultural products that is under fire for destroying the Amazon rainforest. People are literally clearing parts of the Amazon rainforest to farm soy because soy is in such high demand. And I will say too, the biggest, um, the biggest use for soy, 77% of soy that is grown goes to animal feed. So that is another reason why if you are eating conventional meat fed soy, you are not only supporting a practice in and of itself that is harmful for the environment, but the soy, the production of soy is also harmful for the environment. So it is double time, double time, not great for the earth, but a lot of plant-based burgers also, um, also contain soy. So that was just an example. That one is very frightening to be honest. Um, Liv, do you have any thoughts on that? Frightening. And I just want everybody to think about how many ingredients were listed. And while doing this, I ran to my freezer and got my grass-fed, grass-finished pasture-raised beef. And I want to read the ingredient label. Grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef. That's it. That's the label. (laughs) That is what it should be. Yeah. It's one thing. So it's confusing why these are like 75 things mixed together. Yeah. And I do want to say too, again, like I said before, totally understand why you would want to have a burger alternative. I love burgers. If I wasn't a meat eater, I would want something to replace it so that I could have a burger here and there. And so I did find a better alternative. And I've actually never seen these in stores before. Um, I'm seeing that you can order them on like Instacart, but not sure what other grocery stores you find them in, but maybe next time you're at the grocery store, look for these. If you are plant-based and you do eat um, plant-based meat alternatives, because this is a great option. These are their ingredients. It's called the actual burger. It's made by the company actual veggies. And their whole point is that they make their, they make their products from actual vegetables. Their ingredient list is black beans, carrots, red onion, yellow onion, red pepper, parsnip, oats, cassava flour, lemon, and spice blend. That's it. While there are multiple ingredients, it is all whole real food, which is, should be the point, regardless of if you are plant-based, if you do eat meat, whatever diet you follow, the number one rule of thumb is to eat real whole food. That's it. So with all that being said, I know this was a really juicy episode, lots of information to take in, but this is something that we are both really passionate about. Liv and I both, we really care about the sourcing of our food and we will go to great links, AKA multiple grocery stores to find good sourced meat if we have to. So this is coming from two people who are obviously very passionate about this. And I know that you might be listening to this and thinking like, okay, this is like a big commitment. Like this is really hard to like completely transition, change my lifestyle and only eat grass-fed pasture-raised meats when I used to 
really not care at all where my meat came from. So we're going to give you three action items, which I feel like we haven't done action items in a while. We've been slacking. Okay. So here are three action items. Number one, consume less meat in general. What I mean by that is what does your typical plate look like? Where can you maybe cut back? Um, where can you add in more vegetables? Maybe do one plant-based meal per week. I know a lot of people do like meatless Monday. Um, that is something that I try to do is like one completely plant-based meal per week, because, um, as you heard with my numbers above, even the best best raised beef still does come in at a little bit higher than plant-based protein sources. So I know that you cannot argue that meat is 100% better for the environment than plants, but that is why I'm saying consume less meat in general, try to cut back where you can. Number two, challenge yourself this week to look further into one of your meat labels. What words do you see on there? What do they mean? Is there a farm location listed? If so, look it up and just see what practices they use live on your label that you have. Do you see a farm location or any farm mentioned? You have force of nature, right? No, these are butcher box. Oh, which box gives you a pamphlet that tells you where they come from. I don't oh, know. Well, that's okay. Um, that is one thing that you can start doing. Just pay more attention to your meat labels, like actually read them and then wonder, Hmm, ooh, how was this meat raised? Does it even tell me? if it doesn't tell you at all. Mm -mm. And number three for affordability, because I do know that that is one thing that people always ask me, how do you afford to eat only grass-fed pasture-raised meats? I think one good place to start is just choose one animal source to start with. Like if you eat chicken the most often or beef or eggs, even any animal source could be cheese. If you want to, it is okay to just start with one source, um, whatever you want that to be and start there switching over. Um, I also want to say that like, this is something that I literally incorporate into my budget, just like I would with you, my utilities bill, my rent, like things that I have to pay for every single month. Like I account to spend more money on my groceries because I know I'm going to purchase good quality meat. So to me, it's just something that I account for every month. I know that some people aren't as passionate about it and maybe can't quite get there, but my recommendation for you, if that is you is to just start with one animal source. Yeah. And I mean, it is the truth that buying better sourced meat is just more expensive. That is just how it is, but that could be just how it is because we have so much conventional that all of the pasture raised in grass fed are like crowded out. So if we start supporting these practices more, it could come down and it could more be the norm and not be as expensive, but that obviously requires a lot of effort on our end, but we totally acknowledge that yeah, it is more expensive. And I do spend probably much more money than somebody who's buying conventional meat, but that is a choice that I make in budget. Well, and that's also just how it works in like a free market. Like you pay more for something that is higher quality. There are other areas in your life where you pay more for something because it's higher quality certain things that are higher quality are going to be more expensive. That's just the way that pricing works. But like Liv said, the more we start to support these practices because demand and supply, the more you demand it, the more supply there will be. And then the prices will go down eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you Tatum for giving us a lesson on meat. I hope that everybody who came into this podcast, I'm sure you learned something because there was so much information. Um, and you have some education around making your own decision on 
Do you think meat is bad for the environment? Is plant-based the way to go? And I hope that we busted some myths because like we said at the beginning of this podcast, there are so many misconceptions around meat. So I just really hope this episode is a good education piece for people. Yes. Thank you for listening.